Hello and welcome into the Locked on Wolves postcast. We are live following the Timberwolves' disappointing road loss to the San Antonio Spurs. Marty Gellner and I will break it all down next. The Locked on Wolves postcast starts right now. You are Locked on Wolves postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm joined on the live postcast by Marty Gellner of Valley Sports North. And uh, I'm not really sure where to begin with this one. We could talk perimeter defense for the Wolves. We could talk uh, horrific three-point shooting. We could talk supporting cast issues. Or, well, I guess really, there weren't too many individual players who had a good all-around start-to-finish game for the Wolves at all. Um, which one do you want to take first, Marty? Where do you, where do you want to start in this one? Uh, probably three-point shooting because it was just so awful. But also, it wasn't like the Wolves were just forcing up this mess of what are you doing? It's just one of those games when you think this they can't possibly continue like this. But the Wolves went started the game anyway. Uh, one for 18 from three before they made a second three-pointer. Oh, I, I mean, that's like five and a half percent. Um, yeah, really bad. And then if you're not going to make them, the only way out of that is to not allow your opponents to make them. But um, especially uh, Doug McDermott off the bench that was killing the Wolves. So that is just a lethal combination for this team to not make threes and then allow San Antonio to make threes. To me, that was the biggest storyline of the game. The Wolves could not overcome it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I agree hundred percent. I think it was overall the lack of, well, I guess the differential or, or the, um, the, the differential is not the right term, but the, the disparity, I guess is a better way to say it between the Wolves three point makes and the Spurs three point makes. And specifically, yeah, the Wolves only made four shots all game and to your point started one of 18. Uh, but the complete lack of defensive intensity that led to uh, so many open threes, particularly you mentioned Doug McDermott, Keldon Johnson, those two guys. I don't think anyone else on the Spurs roster had more than one made three. It was Johnson and McDermott. Um, and that was kind of born out of a lack of ball pressure on basically everyone on the perimeter for the Wolves. I mean, you you name the player and they had a poor defensive night on the perimeter from D'Angelo Russell to Anthony Edwards to Jalen Noel. Uh, basically anyone that was out there, Bryn Forbes, Austin Rivers, all those guys struggled to contain the ball on the perimeter. Um, and then that kind of led to help defense that was, you know, you had to help when you got beat off the dribble. And then they were helping off McDermott. They were helping off Kelda Johnson. It was, um, they were helping off guys who really hurt them with made threes. And Chris Finch tried in the second half to do some different things defensively. They tried playing zone, which actually worked okay for a little while. They tried switching, which they don't do a ton in pick and roll game. Um, but no matter what they did, the Spurs seemed to find themselves, uh, you know, wide open for three. And it led to 40 plus percent shooting for the Spurs on the night from deep. Yeah. And one of the lineups that Chris Finch used in that second half was with Nas Reed and Torian Prince and Kyle Anderson. And I think Anthony Edwards was still part of that. But that main group, and especially Prince and Nas Reed, he had 11 points. He had a couple of really nice Euro steps. Like, there was a group that actually, I can't say brought the Wolves back in it because they never, it's not like they ever took the lead and threatened to run away with this game, but closed the gap better 
more effectively, more efficiently. Not sure. I think we're going to search for words this entire podcast, unfortunately. Yeah. But uh, that was a good group as Finch, you know, shuffled and tried to figure out. If, and after the game, too, he said that he probably should have stuck with that lineup a little longer. But they were getting pretty gassed. And he thought maybe he should stagger putting the starters back in because he checked Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert back in. But you should, you should be able to check your max player and your other max player and your very highly paid all-star back into a game once the bench has closed the gap. That should be your plan of attack, and it sh- you should be able to count on it. But tonight, um, it was just another night of like the connectivity not being there for this team. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about Nas Reed. Um, you brought him up, and, and I certainly want to circle back to the, I think connectivity is a really interesting, you know, lack of connectivity is an interesting way to put it. Um, Nas Reed was fantastic. He didn't play at all, uh, if I recall correctly, on Friday after playing pretty well last Wednesday when the Wolves won. Didn't play on Friday, um, and then on, you know, gets into the game for, I, he played, what, uh, five minutes, I think, in this game? Uh, yeah, uh, nine minutes, sorry. Nine minutes in this game against the Spurs. Had 11 points. I think the Wolves were like, I mean, he was a plus 12 in nine minutes individually. He had 11 points on five of seven shooting in nine minutes. Like you said, they closed the gap to four, and then they start to bring in, the Finch starts to bring the starters back in, and, and things slip right back to a multi-possession, you know, three, four possession game. And, you know, it's really, it'll be really interesting moving forward to see, like, Nasri's played so well, and yes, in preseason, but also in the regular season. I think every game he's gotten into, he's played extremely well. What does Chris Finch do about this? When two of his three max players, two of his four best players, well, his two best players, most, you know, arguably right now are both max guys. They're both centers. What do you do with Nas Reed? How do you, can you keep him off the floor as much as he has? And, you know, whose minutes end up, who loses minutes because of it? And, and how creative can Finch get to try and find Nas Reed some minutes? Because I, I don't know that they can keep him off the floor with how well he's playing. Yeah, he's kind of forcing Finch's hand with the way that he plays. This, this came up a couple of games ago. And um, Finch, you know, he's he loves Nas. He is such a likable guy. He's one of my favorite personalities on the team. Nas, he looks intimidating. He's this big strapping guy, and he's got that uh, frown on his face all the time, that, like, intense stare. And he is one of the nicest and friendliest guys. I have always really liked him as a human being. And then when you add in the way he plays, like Jim Peterson, again, the great Jim Pete, pointed out on the, on the broadcast how differently just the ball moves and how much Nas sprints into screens and sprints up the floor. And part of that is because he has to. He doesn't have the skill set that Carl Anthony Towns does. He doesn't have the size that Rudy Gobert does. So Nas has to do things differently. But then the result of that is that everyone around him is different. The whole The whole thing looks different. The pace is different. The spacing is different. And in a game like this, it ended up being, like, so needed. It was just the absolute, whatever the medication was that the Wolves needed was, like, I need a couple drops of Nas and and one of Torian Prince. And it was perfect. And it couldn't last. But, yeah, you're right. Nas creates a little bit of a problem, I guess. You want to call it a problem. But he's he's forcing Finch's hand a little bit to say, uh, like, we might need to carve out some minutes for this guy on a regular basis. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about the offensive connectivity that you mentioned. First, let's talk about our sponsors of today's show and that's bet online. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Of course, we're not even quite two weeks into the NBA season yet. Find all the latest player development, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. That includes MLB, uh, as well as MMA, NHL, boxing, golf, really any sport you can find on BetOnline. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Marnie. I, you know, offensively, you mentioned you mentioned connectivity, and we talked on Friday after the win about how you know they won, they beat the Lakers pretty much wire to wire, in spite of what what we called on uh, you know we called it a your turn my turn. I think Chris Finch called it a take turn yep. offense. Yeah, that happened again in this game, and it's been kind of a recurring theme. It was maybe less obvious because Cat was so good in the first quarter, and Ant was so bad in the first half, but really good for a stretch in the third and fourth. But you know, and I should I should backtrack. The Towns scoring in the first quarter that wasn't as much Towns saying like, "Hey, I'm going to isolate. I'm going to you know take the ball to the basket." They were calling plays to get him shots, and he was in a rhythm. So you know, I'm not calling out Towns for the first quarter because he was great. Um, but as the game wore on, it was like Ant was like, "Okay, I got to get going. I got to put the team on my back." And then you saw a little bit of that with D'Lo in the fourth, kind of after um, after Nas's minutes, and then Rudy and Cat were back in the game. D'Lo tried to take over, and that's kind of his nature in the fourth quarter, and it devolved back into this isolation take turn offense and uh, the wolves have to somehow shake themselves out of it. And, you know, it, it worked to the tune of a four and two record in the first six games, but it didn't work in this game. It's not going to work against Phoenix on Tuesday. It's not going to work against Milwaukee on Friday. Um, how are they, you know, where do they go from here offensively and, and what buttons does Chris Finch need to push? I mean, those, those are two very important questions that this team needs to figure out. And they know they need to figure that out too. The way that Finch addressed it in the post game, and I, I thought it was really interesting, and I thought it was absolutely on point. He said, um, "We need to start doing what the game needs us to do, not what we want to do individually." So that was kind of his phrasing of, "You got to do whatever is needed in that moment, on that night, in that half, in that quarter, in this stretch, whatever it is, as opposed to that thinking of." I'm going to take the team on my back and you can't fault the, the sort of intent, I guess, behind it. Like when Anthony Edwards tries to take over, he was scoreless in the first half. He was Oh, for seven. He didn't even have a free throw. He didn't have a rebound. And you know, he's got to be looking at the score sheet at halftime and say, I have got to impact this game. And so then he comes out in the third and in the fourth scored all of his 18 points in the second half, but doing it with the right intention. I have to impact the game. I have to put these shots up. I'm taking drives. I'm, and he did. He went to the cup a lot. And so the intent is correct, but sometimes it just it doesn't allow for the rest of the team to have rhythm and for everybody to get touches, and now we're really rolling. So it's like that balance of knowing you can do it and doing it in spurts, but also knowing it needs to be done by all five guys. And I just thought, Finch said it so interestingly. We need to start doing what the game needs us to do, not what we want to do individually. Yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, kind of the last thing I want to talk about is this this is just kind of a weird um, like if you just if you didn't watch the game, you glance at the box score. 
you'd be confused because the Timberwolves, or I should say the Spurs turned it over 19 times and the Wolves only turned it over 11. And yet the Wolves only led in fast break points 17 to 16 in this game um, when it was all said and done. And that was a function of, in my opinion, I I don't think the Wolves were pushing the ball enough. And both the Wolves and Spurs are teams that like to play fast. I think they're both top four in the league coming into the game in terms of pace. Um, But, you know, whether it was D'Angelo Russell or, uh, you know, there was no Jordan McLaughlin in this game and Jalen Noel struggled in the first half, played limited minutes in the second half. They just weren't really pushing the ball like we know that Finch wants them to push the ball. And and to only score, you know, 17 fast break points despite forcing the, the Spurs into 19 turnovers, I think is an issue. And, and they end up with only 98 points on the night. Now, we talked about three-point shooting. It was atrocious. But, um, you know, they only shot 40% from the floor. They didn't make them make it easy on themselves, you know, getting into these half-court sets and not being able to score. You know, they just didn't score in transition enough in this game. No, I don't think they did either. And they dominated pain points, too. That's another one. And a lot of times that comes from uh, padding your transition stats. And it it is, you're right, if you just look at the stats and the final numbers, that would be another one. Pain points. You're like, how did, how did they lose this game by nine? Yeah. But um, another thing is the Wolves, they were so frustrated early. How about the technical fouls? Even in the first half, Anthony Edwards got one, Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell, they all had technical fouls in the first half. And I feel like that it started there and it was like angry basketball, maybe instead of beautiful flowing in the pace basketball and transition, I think is a big part of that. I don't serve for that. I don't know if they do either. I, I hear you and I agree with you. But it's it's something they've got to figure out to because to be forcing those turnovers or playing against a team that's just coughing it up, however you want to look at it, and not being able to make them pay to be able to let them escape out of their own mistakes like that over and over is just not an acceptable way to play. And it's not a way that's going to win you a basketball game. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the the technical foul thing too because I it's easy to forget it, it happened in the first half and and the Wolves got within four in the fourth quarter. But that that's I think you're right. I think that that influenced the way they played the rest of the game. And there might have been a few minutes of some rush rough officiating there where it felt like every call was going against the Wolves. But they really did. It, it almost it's like they took on that mentality of like okay, fine, you know. If, if they're not going to give us a foul call, I'm going to force the issue. I'm going to force a foul call by taking the ball to the basket against three guys and trying to get a foul call. You know, and we saw that with Ant. You saw it a little bit, you know, kind of uh, across the board with the Wolves. But I, I do think that that kind of it was like a, everybody in a good way. Everyone wanted to put the team on their back, but it just that's not how Chris Finch wants to play. That's not how the majority of winning teams play basketball either. Um, looking ahead, the Wolves have a tough game on uh, TNT Tuesday night against the Suns. They have the Bucks on Friday. Things are going to get tougher before they get easier. Um, and, you know, I think we we talked a lot about the offense being disjointed. We talked a little bit about the lack of defensive intensity, um, you know, I don't know what headed into this, this tough part of the schedule, where do you think the the quickest and easiest way for them to, to improve, or I guess what's most important against Phoenix on Tuesday? Uh, probably, probably defense, because that is such an area of emphasis. It is as it is for most NBA teams. You just, the wolves are not going to shoot that bad from three. That's not an area that you need to spend time on figuring out how to fix it. It's it's going to fix itself. This team is too talented. So I think it's got to be on the defensive end. It's got to be the care, the effort, the want to. Some of it is positional and, and communication and all those things. But 
To me, it's got to be defensively, and Phoenix will be without DeAndre Ayton because he sprained his ankle, so he's going to miss a couple of games. So then you say, okay, well, there's a little chink in the armor there. There's a little a little uh, area where we could maybe do some damage. We've got these two great bigs. They're going to be without their best bigs. So I don't know. Get right in a hurry. Get right in a hurry. Yeah, uh, that, that's a that's a it's it's a tough task to do against the Suns. But if Aiton's not there, that definitely gives them a little bit of a, a little bit more of a chance to be able to do that. Um, all right, that's all we have for you tonight. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Wolves postcast. We do go live uh, after each and every Timberwolves game on the Lockdown Sports of Minnesota YouTube page. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Wolves. We post this on all Lockdown Wolves audio platforms following the live postcast on YouTube. So be sure to check that out. Um, if you ever miss one live, you can catch it on the audio feed as well. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time.